We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? Do you follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Mike, no Darius today. And we're seeing the Western Conference standings in a place that we've never seen them before, between the five seed and the nine seed. It's a one-game difference. Lakers are currently in the nine seed, and this shuffles from one night to the next. Yesterday, Mike, I brought up the idea that, you know, if there was a time to kill the Lakers, it was during the first half of of this season. Uh, but with we find ourselves really shoulder to shoulder with a lot of other teams in a lot of different places. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today is what to project going forward, which is extremely difficult in this environment with uh, so many players in and out of health, health and safety protocol. But in some ways, it may be an equalizing thing to Mike, where it's probably going to hit everyone to some extent. So When the dust settles, assuming it does, and we don't know that, I think projecting forward of who can rise, who will fall, who will kind of stay the same, I think is an interesting conversation and and something for us to target long term. When you look at that bunched up group, Mike, what stands out to you? Yeah, I've said before that the page that I probably go to the most when I'm browsing and looking and researching and stuff online is probably the standings, probably the NBA standings page. I've got it saved like way over uh, to the left of my thing. And so it's been such an interesting thing to monitor for this season, because had you told me that the Lakers were 16 and 18 at this point of the year, I would have said, okay, so I assume that both LeBron and AD got hurt or are out. And sure, that is definitely what has happened amidst many other things, but I would not have expected, I may have expected that that would have been the nine seed, but I wouldn't have expected that the five seed is 16 and 16. And so that is really where the Lakers have to have to keep this certain element of hope slash possibility slash, you know, slash illusions of grandeur, at least until they can prove that they can be a more consistently good team. And the other part of this is, Pete, the teams that are currently ahead of them, those those four teams that are right ahead of them, Minnesota, Dallas, the Clippers, the Nuggets, 
all have their issues going on. So the Wolves are right in the middle of their uh, COVID situation. Dallas has had Luka in and out of the lineup and a bunch of guys also in health and safety protocols. We know that the Clippers are going to be without Paul George for a while. Obviously, Kawhi, I I don't know if at this point if his likelihood of coming back decreases some because of where the Clippers are going to be in the standings, if that was going to be a thing in in the first place. And the Nuggets have no Murray for a while yet. Porter Jr. is still out. So that's the part of the standings that I'm still looking at and thinking, all right, the, the, the Lakers have to figure AD is coming back at some point. None is coming back at some point. Ariza is coming back in a little bit. Like there's, there's gotta be a, a chance there where they can get past some of these teams. Certainly. And to me, it's all about getting our legs underneath us. It, that idea there've been a, a, there's been a great deal of, uh, consternation about the idea that well other teams like we played a Brooklyn team that had without with that was without Kevin Durant that was without Kyrie Irving bunch of guys in health and safety protocols themselves and they beat us and they were they they looked good and they've played well they beat the Clippers as well you know led led by Harden so it's like well what's the excuse for the Lakers now right you played this team that's that's been in that and the difference for me is that wh- why this is especially important for us is with the exception of Langston Galloway, a team like Brooklyn, every guy that's play- that is playing in the rotation has been there since the beginning of the year. And they've been doing what they do with the general group of guys that they have for a couple of years now. And that's really the antithesis of the Lakers situation. Now, we've certainly made our wrong turns with within that, but the next chance we have, Mike, to get our legs underneath us as a team will be our first chance to do it. And I think that there's a, a growth potential within the Lakers, like between what the Lakers are now and what they could be. There's a greater degree of growth uh, available there because it, exactly because of that. And that certain amount of like guys playing together. This guy didn't show up yesterday to the team. You know, that there's if we can get like all I want, Mike, all I want for Christmas and New Year is first of all, let's throw 2021 in the trash as a calendar year for Lakers basketball. I don't think I've ever seen a calendar year have more injury issues and and just guys in and out the way that this year did. But if we can get, please, just 15 to 20 games of healthy-ish, not every single player healthy, but let's not just have catastrophic losses. You know, just give us a 15, 20 game stretch. Uh, and especially now that we've kind of learned that DeAndre Jordan is not the guy to put amongst our, our main guys. Like I, I could see a lot of growth in that, Mike. Well, let's just focus on these next seven for starters. And then we can get into what the next part of the month looks like. I but like that. Yeah. It's a back-to-back right away here. It's at Houston tonight, um, just after you probably listen to this podcast. If you're on top of stuff and then at Memphis and so Houston, they've beaten twice. You know, Houston is not a good team. They had their their nice little run. Uh, now they are currently on a four game losing streak. The Memphis game is going to be harder to get. It's a back to back. LeBron's going to have to exert himself a certain amount to get the Houston win. And but it's not it's not an unwinnable game uh, by any means. The Lakers kind of blew one uh, when they were in Memphis a couple of weeks ago. So. Right there is is the back-to-back, Pete, but then it's home for five straight games before basically they're gone for the rest of January. And that's a we can we can hit that in a second. But these five home games are a Portland team um, that is not playing well, a Minnesota team that should still have several guys out, although they are getting guys back today. Um, it looks like Anthony Edwards is back. Then they've got uh, the Lakers have Sacramento, Atlanta, and Memphis at home. So this is one of those stretches where if the Lakers are going to make inroads – 
on getting up into that area we were talking about, you know, whether it's like the five seed, um, you know, Memphis, a team that they're playing twice, by the way, um, right here is the team that is four games up in the loss column. That would be a particular team that would be important to beat. But what do you make of this, of these next games? How many of these games do you think the Lakers can actually win uh, with what we've seen them do for these last five games, Pete, all of which have been losses, albeit with guys absolutely massively in and out of the lineup? Yeah, it's for me, it's losing Anthony Davis and the health and safety protocols at the same time. If we had a couple of those guys back, and hopefully we will uh, in, in the next couple of games, I think that we're closer to a 500 team than what we are now, which to me is like a 300 team. I remember talking about this a lot last season where uh, the injuries hit and we were like, all right, what what constitutes success right now? And I think that that's a good conversation to have with this particular Lakers group. And so for me during that stretch, I, I think – Four and three is gettable. I think three and four is more likely. And I'm right now, I think our roster issues are in a similar place to where they were when LeBron was out and we had the guys out uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, and AD and Russ were carrying the load. And what that means is that's a real close game against San Antonio or the Oklahoma City Thunder. It, like we were playing those teams. Remember, I remember we all kind of had this observation when we were texting each other is like, not only are we tied or losing with this team. We don't look better than them. Like when the floor action is happening, it's like these two teams are kind of around the same. And like, we're a bad team right now, Mike, without like, I, I think that the holes at the five spot are really glaring and that LeBron's had to, we've talked so much about how LeBron's really thrived in that, but he can't play the whole game at the five, Mike, you know, he's got to have some degree of help. And I'm really curious how we navigate that. So my expectations for this period of time is if we don't have a couple Reeves and Reeves and a reason to be totally to be specific about this. If we don't have those guys back, we're closer to a 300 team. And without AD, I think without AD, I actually think we can get to that 600 ish type of territory, but I think that we need everybody back. Okay. So this is where we have to square some of these, these two different thoughts that we've had one that the standings are within reach, but then two in the short term, still not feeling great about how they're playing and Mm -hmm. what the outlook is going to be because now when when you're below 500 even if it's just by two games you know you can't go four and three uh even right and start to make actual progress within that set so i'm trying to look at it like austin reeves is got to be the next guy back just based on time just based on days away like he's getting closer towards that that 10 days right than he is to the start whereas ariza is on the other end of it so you get one of those guys back and you split the Houston Memphis back to back, right? And then that's where, again, Minnesota, Portland, Minnesota, Sacramento, Atlanta, Memphis. Like many of those teams are playing better. But if the Lakers are are going to actually start and make some progress here, they've got to win. Like they've got to find a way um, to win some more of those games. And maybe that's the that's the whole conflict here. It's like if you're if we're saying that we're we both watch these games and the last three haven't really been close um, up until the point where the Lakers made that run. So then when does their big run come, Pete? Because the end of January is almost all on the road. February is when all the national TV games kick in against some of the better teams, right? Like uh, that's where you see um, you see Phoenix and you see Golden State, you see Utah, right? All of that. And then all of a sudden you're already in March. So and then Anthony Davis comes back. I'm throwing a lot at you here and maybe we can get this on the other side. So. When do you see the turning of the table and and can it be before Anthony Davis returns? And if not, are they going to be then 
more into the play-in territory than they are for that conversation we were talking about. Let's take a quick break and we'll address all that. Lakers basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out and transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. I'm so glad you brought this up in um, tangible terms. That's something that I think that as we get healthy, it can't be this perpetual, just wait for XYZ, right? It has to be, this has to happen by this point for us to be able to get to where we want to go. I've looked at January 1st as an inflection point in this season of we have to be moving in the right direction by that point. Now, Anthony Davis will not be back by January 1st. If it's six weeks from the original injury, you're looking at February 1st. So that whole month of January where we're on the road, Mike, is going to be without Anthony Davis almost certainly. And so what constitutes success between now and then and, and through the end of the season? First off, the the point about getting Austin and Ariza back is I, I want to temper expectations a little bit. One thing I've noticed, Mike, is when you listen to players who have gotten back from health and safety protocols, everyone's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get my wind back. They don't let you touch a basketball while you're out of health and safety protocols or while you're in health and safety protocols. And for an NBA player, I don't think people realize like it's this constant, you know, 365 with vacation worked in, of course, but like an NBA player not touching basketball for several days mid season. And then just the impact of COVID is something that of course their wind is going to be bad. And so we need Austin and Ariza back. I also, I also have tempered expectations for what they look like early on. In, in that process. And so over this next seven game stretch, my like if we can play 500 ball or, you know, that four and three, three and four type caliber basketball, then I look to January as right around then we should have every, you know, everyone back are, you know, a certain degree of consistency. And that road month January uh, of, of January is going to tell us so much about what we are, Mike. That's the time where we need to be playing that 550, 600 winning percentage type of basketball. And 
even more than that, the type of basketball that Anthony Davis can slot into and hit the ground running on the other side of that. And so while your point is is well made that like, well, if you don't make the run, you got to do it soon. Like who's running away from us? We've stunk out loud for the first part of this season and we're like a game back of the five seed, you know? And so in a normal season, I would agree that, yo, you got to you got to hit it soon. But I think that we're going to kind of be hoping to tread water for the near future. Well, all right, here's a here's a way to stick the Western Conference standings back into this, because I don't think we're going to see the Clippers make a run here. Right. Especially with George out. But. Can Denver start to get a couple of guys back? Can Jokic, you know, can they start to get some wins together? And all of a sudden, instead of being around 500, they're a couple games over. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to see that gap there. Can Minnesota, once they get, you know, Beverly collectively with Towns and Russell, who should be back next week at some point, if they start putting some things together while the Lakers are still getting whole, you know, what about Dallas? What if Luka comes back and gets a little bit better every day uh, and starts to get into better shape? What do you think the likeliest of all of those scenarios for the other teams are? Who's the team that stands out to you that they're probably going to jump up in the standings a bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's un, I think the only unlikely team out of that group is the Clippers, right? Because of what because of their star being out and really both of their stars being out. But those other teams like they should have their stars within the next week or so. And, and I get that Jokic has been there. I have spent a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of time in our group thread, at least I've mentioned this whole Jokic theory a few times, how Uh he's going to start to wear down at some point. So I I do think that Denver, uh, but like they could get a big boost when they get Murray. And I guess my point is that there's some danger um, in just kind of sticking around 500, like, and assuming everyone else will too. Yeah. 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 And and, and here's part of the reason why Pete, because golden state and Phoenix who have been absolutely mopping up all of these other Western conference teams, they're going to hit a lull at some point, whether it's COVID, uh, like if Steph Curry, um, and I'm not going to, I don't want to see anybody miss games, but misses games for any reason, COVID or something else, just a tweak of something. Then all of a sudden Golden State, when they're playing Dallas or Denver or the Timberwolves or the Clippers, like there are going to be some wins that some of those teams take. So the Lakers can't just take for granted that they're going to stay in this morass of the lower half of the West and they're going to be able to, to sort of make a, a move there. And, and this gets to tie this into our conversation from yesterday. This is the whole part of the Russell Westbrook thing where like he's got to play better. He's got to step mm-hmm. up in this time and figure out a way to start getting the Lakers some wins because LeBron has, you know, and and that's where I, I just I don't think they can look at at this home stretch, even if these aren't these aren't like amazing teams, but. Portland, Minnesota, Sacramento, Atlanta, Memphis, like those are teams that with LeBron and Westbrook and the rest of the role players that the Lakers should go into those games planning to win, even if you and I have seen them not play well uh, in the last couple of weeks. My perspective on this is that our because I still think we're capable of going all the way. So how could I simultaneously believe that a stretch against an Atlanta team that's struggling, the Sacramento Kings, five straight home games against these teams that are fine, but like if you're a contender, you're winning that home game against them way more often than not. So how do I square that idea of that we can get to this point, but this is where we are? It's beyond injuries is that our progress, it's going to be progressive. We're going to get if we're healthy, we're going to get a little bit better every day. But we are we are where we are right now, and it's not an immediate it, – it will be very difficult to flip an immediate switch to go from where we are right now and the caliber of basketball that we're playing all the way to, to where we need to go right away. There's going to be a certain like, – for example, let's say Stanley Johnson is 
a legit fit and like we've we've uh we found a gem in Stanley Johnson that's going to be like our 10th man or, or so going forward this season. He still showed up here like two, three days ago. And the guy that the Stanley Johnson that's going to be here in a month is going to be a better version of of who of him than he is now because he'll just know more of what he's doing, of what he's doing. He'll know his teammates, all of that. And that like getting to know each other, the Lakers are still doing that, which is super unusual at this point of the season. If you look at most played lineups together, like we're at the very bottom of the league. We're 30th in terms of our uh, most played ridiculous there's ridiculous stats it's right the, and so yes it's the op it's the absolute opposite of what you want right right and Pete, we talked all off season about yeah exactly and we talked also off season about like this was a really important regular season for the lakers precisely for that point this yes. is isn't some retroactive excuse of like oh lakers are 16 and 18 it was like no this is an important regular season because you got to work together and and build something these are still a bunch of dudes that have largely just met each other or more often than not, a lot of role guys playing outsized role, roles. Like Carmelo Anthony was never supposed to play this much. You know, Wayne Ellington was not supposed to play, you know, 24 minutes. There's a lot of guys throughout the season that it's like, that wasn't what he's supposed to do on this particular team. And so for me, that's my expectation is that because right now, if we played that stretch right now, Mike, we wouldn't go four and three. Are you kidding me? We're a two and five team in that stretch right now. And so well, I, I'm looking for a progressive uh, improvement. And that's that's my how I square those things. Yeah. And and, I, and this is where I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. Right. It's like what we see and then what they sort of quote air quotes should be trying to get across based on. And, and I, I hate to just point to this again, but based in part on Westbrook and what I said at the start of the season. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Where Westbrook takes a long time to really figure out uh, to for he and his teammates to get going because of his unique style, because of having the right players and the right system and all of that around him. But there was also that part of me that thought, you know what, though, maybe just that nightly pounding effort and that nightly kind of flying around, maybe that papers over some of the early season stuff. And I just think that this next stretch for Russ is super important. And and he's got because Pete, he's the guy that at least has some variance out of sure. this out of this group. And sure. he can play better than he's played um, as, as much as he struggled. And, and to me, that's maybe the one thing that can get them to, you know, him cleaning up the misses at the rim, him cleaning up some of the defensive assignments. And I know that that's been part of the Russell Westbrook experience, but I, I just don't I don't have another place to point as to something that can happen uh, for them until, as as you've been saying, right, until they do actually just get, well, Anthony Davis, like he's the main one to get back. But up until that point, Reeves and Ariza, and then they play together, and then you know the, what the rotation is. Yeah, you know, we, we all just need stuff. more NBA basketball players on the floor. Like there, a lot of the games that we're losing, it's like, oh, we got slaughtered because we had Carmelo Anthony at the five and LeBron wasn't on the floor. And it's like, well, yeah, of course that lineup got slaughtered, yeah. you know. Thomas and Rondo playing together yeah, in, in the backcourt. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. And the the other parts of the game, we win those parts of the game and then we lose it when it's Isaiah Thomas and, and Rondo together. Like, of course we lost during those minutes. And so let's take a quick break. I want to talk more Russ, because I think you get a, a lot of good points on this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David Fisdale made a comment the other day, Mike, in uh, uh, media availability about Russ's propensity to do too much. And I think that that is the nature of uh, of his mistakes. But to do too much in a specific context of AD goes down. That's been really the point for me with Russ is he was playing pretty well up to the point that AD went down. And then there's been a precipitous drop off these last four or five games, however long it's been without AD. And I'm projecting here. So maybe this is not the case, but I think it speaks to Fisdale's comments is that Russ's natural inclination is to look at his team and say, what do, and he's, he's spoken to this, like, what does this team need me to do? And in almost every instance of his career, it's been a high usage ball handler. But for example, when LeBron and AD are on the floor, his usage rate is like 20.9%. It's really low compared to his other, right? But when AD goes out or when LeBron goes out, events, both, both of which have happened this season, Russ has, Russ has played in every game. And he's built cohesion with Russ and AD for a little while because LeBron was out and those lineups played together without LeBron a lot longer. And Russ and LeBron for this stretch as well. Ideally, we'll be able to link all of those things together. But what I'm seeing is a guy who says, oh shit, Anthony Davis just went down. I got to step it up. And what it means, and and you're saying the same thing, he's got to step it up. But Russ is in Russ's mind and like the path that he takes to it. Two two different things though, right? The way that you and I are asking him to step it up and we're asking him to clean it up. And he's thinking increases usage. Yeah, he made that comment yesterday, like, you know, people expect me to get 25, 15, and 15. And it's like, no, man, we're just no. like, d- d- turn the ball no. over five times I instead want you of to eight. Be a, you know? I want you to be a role player for LeBron, uh, in a way, you know. Right, right. And like, then and when he's out of the game, like, sure, you know, like, step it up a little bit. But he's out. He's on the floor for like 35 minutes. Right. But this LeBron is a beat. common way. I'm always fascinated by how how players are bad, like meaning that every player in the league, LeBron and and Giannis, every player has a best version of themselves and a worst version of themselves. So kind of like a general way that they play when they're at their best and a general way that they play when they're at their worst. So when you look at Russell Westbrook compared to, say, Anthony Davis, when they're bad, they are bad in different ways. AD is more of a like drifting, like, yo, AD, you're going to show up to the party today type of thing where... 
Russ is like, I got to do everything. And he's throwing the ball all over the gym and he's missing layups. And it's just like, man, calm down a little bit. I, I really think that that's where Russ is right now is that AD went down and was like, oh, I, I got to step up. I really got to, you know, we got to keep things afloat, keep things moving. And I think that 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 mentality is fueling a lot of his his play and a lot of the mistakes that he had like he, he had cleaned it up right prior to ad going down it was cleaner than than earlier in the year i was very happy with with how he'd been playing during that stretch but we've seen him really doing too much uh lately oh and here we are again right where it's like what what could coulda shoulda woulda be possible and what is probably likely based on past career are at odds and so Westbrook actually spoke at pra- after practice yesterday. Did you happen to catch that, Pete? I caught part of it, but not the whole thing. So the main one of the, the main takeaway, and I don't know, I'm trying to remember if it was Wojcik or McMenamin that asked the question, but I think it was McMenamin, and he asked him about the way Dave put it out there. And forgive me if I'm I'm paraphrasing this not perfectly, but was like, all right, well Vogel and and that now Fisdale have asked you to do certain things, but it, it basically like control what you're doing on the floor you know but then at the same time lebron and ad have everyone's been saying let russ be russ and so he basically what dave was getting across is you've you've been hearing different things from different people and at a certain point russ just russ said something almost explicitly like well f all that at this point everybody's telling me different stuff you know i i just have to to sort of trust and be me and so here's the quote honestly i'm over the whole situation with what everyone else wants me to do and what they think i should be doing and so that would imply pete that he's going to just go back to sort of doing what he's always done and playing like what he's always played like which is basically how he played on christmas right do you think when he says that he means his teammates and coaches and things like that though the way that i took th- that because i did hear that part was that there's kind of like a, a chatter in the media amongst fans and just kind of people talk about russ P- P- russ is a very polarized polarizing figure in the nba and so i the way i took that was he was coming from a perspective of like i i'm not trying to hear all all the noise that's that's uh that would be consistent right with what i think he's said throughout most of his career right so so yeah so he's he's made his issues have more been with kind of like the perception of what people are saying about his games and and you're right pete that's more like on first take or whatever than it is internally in the locker room right because he it does seem to be a good vibe still to this point with russ with the coaching staff with the players so yeah so that definitely i'm not implying any of that but there so i do i don't know if those things are i think this the result could still be the same thing though the result sure. of him saying, I'm going to drown it all out and just be me is is more like the player that is he's always been than it is the player that we saw fitting in with LeBron and AD. Uh, and, and when those lines were having success, when he was having less usage and he was right. just sort of cutting to the rim, you know, and in like ha- and, and taking some assignments on like Jason Tatum. Right. Uh, after Tatum got hot early and doing those kinds of things, like those right. kinds of things, like a star and role type things that the Lakers have had around LeBron and AD. And, and AD. So but I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that, that is an important distinction. I don't think he was like speaking to uh, forget what Vogel and, you know, Fisdale said. Right. Absolutely not. But it's it's more like forget what anybody says. I know how to play this game. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Russell Westbrook. So I think that there's a 
great element of truth to that. And I think that we'd actually be foolish to be like, who's Russell Westbrook going to be if not Russell Westbrook? Like, who are we going to ask him to be? And I, I would argue even within the context where is that third star, that cutter, that screen setter, that dunker spot guy, that guy that can take Jason Tatum and, and help cool him down. That is that's still Russ, too. I I think Russ is a little bit misunderstood. Russ was not a blue chip prospect. Initially, he was one of those guys that another L.A. basketball product. So, again, another player who I've known of since he was since he was a teenager and Russ really skyrocketed. He was a backup, Mike, his freshman. He backed up Darren Collison, you know, and I believe it was Collison. Maybe I've got I've got that wrong. Maybe he he basically got like the last spot at UCLA when somebody else like backed out. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, he was the top of the recruiting class either. Right. And so that's the whole the whole why not, I think his slogan really provides a lot of insight into even how he plays basketball, that idea of, of why not. And to get to the point being to get to where Russ is now and in, into the top 75 of all time, future Hall of Famer, to achieve what Russ has achieved in his career, there's had to be a certain degree of self-belief that I, this is who I am. And knowing exactly who you are gives you a great roadmap on how you proceed. Now, who Russ? So, in in my opinion, Russ, I, I'm with the whole let Russ be Russ. But right now, that means that Russ is going to be either is going to be the first option when LeBron isn't on the court, or the sec- second option when LeBron is. And we've seen we have a whole c- career worth of sample size, Mike, on what Russell Westbrook, the first reception, second option, looks like. It's pretty good. It, it's gotten some teams to the playoffs, and it's it's got a high floor at the very least. He's been to the finals as the second best player on that OKC team. So the idea that Russell Westbrook is going to be a number one or number two option and we're going to look like a, a contender, it's not going to happen, especially on a team that that doesn't have all of its role players. On the other teams where Russ has led teams to the playoffs as a number one or two seed, they've had like those middle tier guys around him, right? They've had solid players as their fifth best player. And that's not really the situation that we're in unless we have all of our players healthy. And that hasn't been the case. So like, it's not going to look the way that it was supposed to look until LeBron and AD are, are back or there's just more structure in place. So he's going to be that guy, warts and all, that we've seen all his career. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And and I think that this is where we have to just sort of accept that reality. But when you get when you when you're sitting back and I've had this unique perspective of actually just sitting and watching these games on TV and not covering them. Um, yeah, How's since, that been real quick? If Before uh, you get into Russ, how's that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, frustrating, right? Because it's like I. When I'm when I'm at the game working, I can I'm in my I'm in a zone of reporting and relaying important information or at least information that I think could be valuable to fans. And therefore, I'm not watching it as much as a fan and and just sort of getting, you know, probably the way that you're watching it. Right. When mm-hmm. you're watching your TV Cussing and getting, them out. And, yeah, yeah. And getting and getting frustrated. <laughs> So because it removes that it removes that layer of professionalism that sort of just can like being there, I can control that, right? I can control trying to do my job well and not just focus on whatever's going on in the basketball court, good or bad. So it's I don't like the loss of control that I feel um, with the team that I still, of course, am employed by um, by just sitting there at home like and not even really being able to to steer the discussion how I might want to pre or post game. So it's it's not been it's not been ideal um, to say the least. But to kind of spin this back and get a final thought out on Russ, if you watch the Brooklyn game and we you you, you mentioned earlier that okay, so Durant and Kyrie are out obviously, right? So but what they did have was James Harden and a bunch of role players. 
Now, one role player, Patty Mills, was incredible in his role, and he happened to score a lot in his role. But that still just mostly included like getting the ball and, and you know getting shots up quick, and mm-hmm. you know, and so he wasn't like the usage for him was different in the way. And and what I to me the way that this team can win is LeBron and then everybody else playing a role, which is basically what Brooklyn did around Harden. But when you have LeBron doing his thing and then Russ still having like a, a him still playing like he's that t- star type is not been the formula that works as much as if, as if Russ were truly complimenting LeBron. And I know that mm-hmm. we're, it's almost a futile to discuss because it's just not going to happen. I see. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case, Mike. I think that's part of the opportunity of this period of time right now is when I talk about getting progressively better, how does that happen? What does that mean? These are all these very general concepts to make it specific earlier in the year when we played Chicago and Anthony Davis was getting double teamed in the post and we couldn't get an open shot out of it. And it was so frustrating. I was on my couch, Mike. I, I was not at the arena and I was person up a storm and and had that loss of control of like why can't we beat post doubles and we've gotten better at that and it's just like little aspects of the game where if the first part of this season was an opportunity for Russ and AD to build a certain degree of chemistry and they were much better by the end of that stretch where LeBron was out than they were at the beginning of the season then this is the opportunity for LeBron and Russ to build that chemistry and that's what I would say the recalibration I, I think that's possible Mike I don't think Russ has ever played with a player like LeBron, even if you like there's no player like LeBron, of course, but it even if you build it out a little bit like, you know, Durant was a more of a jump shooter. LeBron can be a, a power, you know, small ball five can be a, a forward that's whose game is very much predicated on power and mental domination. Right. I just think that the profile of LeBron's game is different than any player that Russ has ever played with. And that there's naturally going to be a certain degree if if we're calibrated correctly, meaning that the if we go in the wrong direction, we go, oh, shit, AD's down. We got to I got to do everything. And, and uh, that's the guy that we're seeing. And that's missing the layups. That's, you know, turning the ball over. The the version that the calibration that we want it to go toward is the like, okay, how can we really dominate during these stretches? The one counter argument I'd say, Mike, is those LeBron those LeBron at the five groups with Russ are killing teams. Like Russ supercharges the ability to get out into transition that that team has has uh displayed and gives LeBron the ability to be a screen setter and to roll and you get that we get the first little flickers of the LeBron Russ you know pick and roll game I think that just calibrating more toward that do you think that's possible to ask Russell Westbrook to be like these things that you already do in this style of play do more of this rather than the that that you've been doing uh I guess that just it it goes a little bit in contrast to the sort of I just need to get back to playing like my type of basketball but there's got to be yeah there's got to be some balance and you always hear Vogel and now Fisdell say that when they get in the film room um shout out film room that <laughs> these are the discussions that are had but I don't know I haven't seen a lot of that it, at least in terms of that dynamic like with with how Russ plays I haven't seen a, a big difference uh, necessarily I've liked the Russ and LeBron lineups because I keep going back to this point of like, we're bad at very specific parts of the game. And there's always, there's been so many parts of the season where it's just this eight minute stretch, four minutes in each half. We just get killed during this part of the game that it's really the lineups that have been atrocious, Mike, have been the Russ without LeBron 
lineups. Russ with the merry minimums. Those have been the lineups that have gotten absolutely destroyed. So before we head out, like, what can Russ do better with those groups? Because when we look at, you know, again, when we're winning games versus when we're losing them, that's really the place where that where it's happening. Yeah, well, the thing that's going to get better in these next couple of weeks is is the point that you made earlier, which is replacing replacement players with the actual NBA players. Yes. And and that's that's just alone that. So Austin Reeves and Malik Monk in instead of Isaiah Thomas and Rajon Rondo, uh, that's that's going to make a big difference. I think where where this team still is in trouble is the big the whole big man aspect of you've got DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard, neither of whom you're really using that much right now. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis is out. And so where are you getting those type of anchor, some type of big man defensive look? And you, Pete, have advocated, I think, smartly for, you know, maybe Dwight being on the floor in those situations when LeBron isn't to give you something there. But I think that those teams are just so easy to score on. Right. And in that that again getting Reeves back helps that some Ariza would certainly help that some because you could play those guys and then you've got a couple of more plus defenders like a, like the Chicago Bulls play basically where they yep. don't have a lot yep. inside but they're mm-hmm. pressuring you on the perimeter you know so that's that's some of the immediate uh the immediate aid that's sort of coming there but it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty overall and this gets back to just like how ridiculous it is that LeBron continues to carry all of this importance and burden, right? Which was which was sort of the whole idea of the roster in some ways uh, that that was going to take some of the burden off of him. If you look at this season from a basketball gods standpoint, we should do a whole pod on this, revisit the basketball gods because they have been whooping our ass this year. We might not talk about IT again this season, so I wanted to just cover this real quick before we go out. Of the basketball gods have been kicking our butts idea, Isaiah Thomas, it made sense to sign him for like, a 16-hour stretch. There was that period where we thought Russ was going to be in health and safety protocols, and it hit all of our guards. That was part of the cruelty of it, right? The and and why I'm like, yes, this is the this is the work of the basketball gods, of which I think several things have been this season. So we're like, well, Russ, that's all of our ball handling. What is Rondo going to be the one ball handler that we have on the team for 48 minutes a game? That's we just we have to have another guy. So I absolutely understood when they made that move and then Russ comes back like 16 hours later, you know, or however much, however long it was. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this guy makes no sense in our current situation and, and not able to help. So anyhow, yes, the, uh, the basketball gods will be a, an upcoming topic because they've been kicking our butts. And I think the way you get out of basketball hell, if that's where we are is to chop wood, carry water, keep your head down, do your job, Mike work yeah. hard. And, and LeBron's going to lead us out of this. I'm and- convinced of that. Well, and just to tie it in with with how we started the pod here with the Western standings is that they have been forgiving enough so far so that it hasn't been disastrous. They're giving us a chance. with what. So that's mm-hmm. the part of the basketball gods thing. It's like, all right, look, this has been awful for you, but, you know, you are, let's see, you are a game, yeah, one game back of the five seed right now. Just one game back of the five seed. And that's not where the Lakers were in 2012-13. Um at this point, like that was that was where they had to they had to play Kobe, you know, or Kobe forced himself basically to play 47 minutes a night um, just to get them in to the playoffs up until the point where he got hurt. So that aspect is a little different. And that's where I think that that's kind of the saving grace so far. But they can't keep sort of just treading water like we discussed. Oh, no, we're they at a runway, do. Mike. 
Yeah. We're out of runway. We can't have yeah. another like 10 game stretch where it's like, oh, a yeah, bunch of guys get 18 hurt. losses. They've got mm-hmm. like my, my first year working for the Lakers, they had 17 like the whole season. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's there. That's uh, it's it's this weird mix, but the standings have allowed for what's happened so far. And and by hook or crook, by somehow, right, they've got to find a way uh, to 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 start putting some of these together. And let's just hope that that starts on, uh, tonight against Houston. Let's get it. Let's snap a losing streak. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to cover it here on the Laker Film Room Podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot. An NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans well, sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed: a Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston, of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol. Pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, score. Listen. Right. Unbelievable. 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 It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.